So here we are. Mm-hmm. You and me. Mm-hmm. Talking about. Mm-hmm. All of the things that we wanted to talk about. We've never done that before. <laughs> Welcome to WQRBZT. Today, we've taken a slight departure from the MCU to delve into a different, totally bizarre universe. The Vin Diesel. Today, we're talking about the 2000 film, Pitch Black. Uh, 2000, the year I graduated from high school. Oh my gosh, so young. (laughs) I didn't actually graduate from high school either. The year I was supposed to graduate from high school. Ah, yes, yes. The the good old, the good old supposed to times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the 2000 film pitch black starring vin diesel by uh directed by david tui is the way that his name is pronounced uh how did you you say it last week i thought it was twoey just by the way that it was spelled but it's tui Mm -hmm. Um, you know he's made the riddick movies and there are several of those there's several of those he's made uh, you know like a couple of things along the the same line but I wouldn't say that like his career was able to take off as a result <laughs> and then okay. there's some so studying cin- <laughs> I guess he made those movies and then there's some studying cinematography by David Egby um, who also is a cinematographer from the first Mad Max movie huh. research yeah <laughs> look at that <laughs> they say most of your brain shuts down in cryosleep all but the animal side. Guess that's why I'm still awake. If the man is gone, he's gone. Why should he bother us? Maybe to take what you got. Maybe to work your nerves. Is he really that dangerous? Only around humans. Zeke! All you people are so scared of me. But it ain't me you gotta worry about now. So in summary, this is a this is a film about a crew uh, out in space. There's an accident when they're en route and they crash land on an alien planet and they run into some trouble with the locals. <laughs> who uh, are aliens that uh, are light sensitive. They only come out at dark. Unfortunately for this surviving crew, there's a, an eclipse. And so everything goes pitch black, hence the title of the film. Hence the title. Yeah, and it all goes downhill from there. Every uh, 22 years is when the eclipse happens, every 22 years. And it just so happens to be the time uh, that they land on this planet. Mm -hmm. And the whole time I was thinking is like a year Mm -hmm. on Earth is 365 days Mm -hmm. because that's the amount of time that it takes our Earth to rotate. Mm -hmm. But she looked at that in the movie. The thing that, yeah. that I was like, she looks at this thing. She's like, it was exactly 22 years ago. And I was like, 22 years according to who? How did you know? Oh, because they had the date on the drilling. Um, but the date of what? So the, the date of the last core sample. 
that they took, yeah, but, which was 22 but, years ago. But tw- <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, what's, what's the problem? <laughs> who's 22 years? Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's like not Because there's no way that X, you know y, that. Q, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't know that 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 particular planet it was like 300 and yeah, like a year yeah. on that planet is not 365 days right that's true if only we had those ridiculous star dates that we had from captain marvel then we could have exactly. like had more confidence <laughs> yeah if it was like a 24 character yes. <laughs> calendar date qr code that <laughs> like, tells you what year it is um, so I'm sort of picking up from the vibe that you did not care for this movie and that you have many probably technical questions about the plot. Is that, is that fair? Yes. There were, mm-hmm. there were several many times during the, the course of the film where I was like, why are they doing this? Like, mm. like, shouldn't you find water before you find the reason that someone died? They split There's up. Like, you know, <laughs> why do they, they split multitasking. up? Yeah. And then like, they like landed... They like landed on this planet and you don't actually, you never figure out why, like what actually happened to the ship? Why does it happen to be so close to the 22 year cycle? And then how is it that they landed so very close to a pre-existing uh-huh. camp? Uh-huh. It's all coincidence. All of it. I was, I was like, I don't understand any of this. And they had to make a movie. So they had to have these things. <laughs> they needed a plot so they had to have these things all together it's just like any movie where you've got like a ragtag bunch Uh of unique individuals that have to like work together to solve a problem or die but -hmm. then they all they mostly end up dying Mm -hmm. and it's just a question of like who's gonna you know Mm -hmm. go next to the end Yeah. yeah and I was like I don't actually I don't care about any of these characters whether they, <laughs> they survive or they, not no not at all because <laughs> the first so person great. that dies is somebody that i didn't even know who he was that's true that's true right and then and then other people die and i'm like yeah but you just shot somebody so maybe you should die that is a that is a kind of point of the film that I don't like very much but I will I will tell you that when I I was very nervous about re-watching this um I was like what what put this in my head I have no idea it was like a random inspiration from something I heard somewhere where Vin Diesel's name come up I was like oh yes pitch black we should watch that and then I was very nervous to rewatch it because I thought I made a horrible mistake but I will tell you about 15 <laughs> minutes in I was like nope this movie is solid I love I still love this so Oh my God, why? Tell me why. This, this is an example of a movie that I, you know, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that there's some perhaps garbage out there that I like, and this might be one of them. This is garbage that you enjoy. <laughs> yes, I love this movie. And now, after we've been talking for a couple of weeks, I can probably have predicted that you would not like it <laughs> if I had thought about it, it more carefully. <laughs> what is it about this film that you think that I would, that, that would lead you to believe that I wouldn't enjoy it? Okay, so this movie is an example of what we call a high concept film. Have have you come across this term before? No. Okay. Contrary to what it sounds like, a high concept film is not, you know, a deeply like theoretical, thought-provoking film, which is what that term sounds like, but rather high concept is like yeah. a, a marketing pitch kind of term. So if you could walk into a producer's office and sort of distill your pitch for a film into one or two sentences. And, and get them to buy it or convince them. We call that a high concept film. And usually they're based around 
like a what if kind of idea. So like, what if uh, there were aliens that only came out at night on a planet that's having an eclipse, you know, and then a person is like, great, here's 10 bucks, go make that, that little fine Right. So this is a real thing. Right. So this is a high, this okay. is a high concept film. And, okay. and so what happens is that everything is, is sort of built around that central kind of like what if idea, and then you make a movie and it can be conceptually interesting in the long run. It doesn't mean that it's like totally superficial. It just means that's the driving force of the film, usually at the expense of characterization. <laughs> so in a lot of these films, you'll find, you know, if there's a star in them, they'll carry that through. Um, mm -hmm. But there isn't usually a lot of like in-depth character building, gotcha. right? And so now that we've been talking and I know that character is so important to you, uh, I see. <laughs> I'm, I, now I'm like, ah, yes, this was perhaps, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe a beacon of difference between us where I'm totally yes. fine that there's like no characterization <laughs> in this movie whatsoever. It's just the people. If I don't, if I care about these yeah, people, know. I'm like, yeah. I don't care about the story about these people. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. care what happens to them either. I'm just really delighted by what's happening in front of me. Wow. Yeah. Maybe tell me, I'm curious then, like, what did you enjoy? Like the things that you were like. Yeah, from the very moment that this film starts, I, I'm just, I just love it. This crash, this like this space accident scene where the shrapnel from the some meteor, I don't even care, whatever. Space is terrifying. I don't need to know what is going on on a spaceship. I'm convinced they that just when you go into space, bullet. you die anyways. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've seen like Gravity. Have you seen Gravity, that uh, Quran film? Oh yeah, it's like, there's a lot of space shrapnel in that too, like space junk flying at high trajectories. Like, you know, I'm if you watch a lot of science fiction, I'm like, yeah, sure, there's space junk. It'll destroy your ship, sure. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you're in space. You're probably going to die. That's terrifying. Uh, I, buy, I buy this. So, you know, the movie starts out with space junk and all of the cinematography is like this low, it's low budget, but it's like completely matches what is happening there. So you've got this like red warning light. You've got these bright flashes. So already you're keyed to like light is going to be a focus of this film, right? <laughs> the other concept could have been like, what if we made a movie that was based around like light? <laughs> Using light. <laughs> so I don't think that, that would be like, here's $5, go make that film. Right. Um, and there's like the shaky camera and all the close-ups. It gives you this like claustrophobic em emergency, like right away. It puts you right into yeah. the environment. And then when there's the crash and they get out and you've got these like flushed filter, super saturated planet, yellow light. I'm like, ah, oh, and the heat's radiating off, radiating off them. I'm so sucked into like this other world, the way that the light is being used, then going into the blues, then going into that amazing <laughs> eclipse with the, so the visuals here right that's what's important to wow. me are these absolutely stunning visuals that are keyed into segments of the plot very carefully and what's happening yeah. psychologically for the the characters yeah so there's just like so much eye candy for me that i i don't even care if i've seen every element of this plot in a different movie yeah, come closer. I'm a bad, a bad guy who's like killed a bunch of people. And I'm going to tell you closer, closer, cl closer. Like that's Silence of the Lambs. That already happened between Hannibal Lecter and Clarice. <laughs> that scene, we saw that. <laughs> like you, you get on an alien planet, you discover like an abandoned colony that's like covered in dust. Yeah, aliens. We saw that too, like <laughs> 10 years earlier. Sure. 
you were like super excited about the light, but then the whole yeah. time I'm thinking this looks like the kind of photographs that I took when I, when I thought Lamont like early Lomo, Instagram. Yeah. Way <laughs> early Instagram. And I, I was like, it's so oversaturated. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. It came out in early 2000. So it was all filmed, I'm sure in 1999. Right. Yeah. But it's before CGI took over. So, yeah. so everything that they're doing is like really just with filters and, you know, old school cinematography. There's no, yeah. well, except for the aliens, I mean, obviously they're CGI, but. Right, right. But like the lighting aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's before you now actors just have a green screen and that's it. Right. There was... Right, right, right. It's so, I mean, I just. <laughs> I'm so sorry to do this to you. I feel terrible. No, because I think the thing is I was, you know, as I was watching the film and I was mm. like, I know that she's going to say that she likes this movie. Because she yeah. chose it. So you're trying to figure out why. Know? Yeah, I was trying to figure out why. And I was like, she's going to say that she's like this, but then she's going to say that she didn't like Captain Marvel. <laughs> why? <laughs> How why? can this movie? <laughs> uh, well, I I really do. There's a couple of things in here that, that are like trash elements that particularly appeal to me. So like I really enjoy treasure hunting movies and there's a little trash of elements. Is that what you just called it? Yeah, there's trash elements. That's the film term. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's let's introduce the word trash elements. <laughs> garbage, garbage aspects. Yeah, treasure hunting. There's a little bit of that. I, of course, I really like horror. There's a lot of horror logic that's in this, this film too. So, uh, you know, and usually in horror movies, you don't care about the characters either, right? Yeah, because you know um, that they're all gonna, they're all yeah, gonna die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some other things that I liked even more when I was rewatching this, other than actually the cinematography. When this movie came out, 2000, so it's pre 9/11, and there's some really interesting to me aspects of diversity in the film that just mm-hmm. don't exist after 9/11. This is like definitely a pre 9/11 mm. idea, right? So, so the the fact that you could like have people using the word Allah in a film, that's not right. going to happen after 9-11, right? You have like gender passing, the idea of gender passing. There's these two visibly presenting female characters who are really the only characters that kind of have it together, that they like, they yeah. know what they're doing, right? So yeah. you have this captain right away, she doesn't take garbage from anyone. She makes all these decisions. She's not a caregiver. I mean, she's completely selfish. She makes that morally objectionable decision at the beginning, right? Self-preservation. That's what motivates me, right? And she knows how to use machines. And then you have like the, the other woman, Shaza or some whatever her name is. And she's like, oh, there's a rover out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it together. Right. And then and there's no yeah. like quips from the male characters about like, oh get out of the way, little lady. You can't screw in a, a turbulator without a dick. Exactly. <laughs> Phillips are flathead. Then that there's like menstruation is actually mentioned in the film. Like how many films, let alone action films, have you seen where some biological reality of the female sexed body is actually mentioned? So there's a a lot of feminist stuff happening in this film too. Yeah. Yeah. To me. In a time, so like 1999 when this was filmed, the big movies of that year, you have Matrix, Fight Club, American Beauty, which won the best picture that year, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Magnolia. They're like all these super toxic masculinity films. Right, right. And then in 2000, you have more of that, but there's like a gender Mm -hmm. divide where you still are having like 
movies for ladies that are rom-coms you know you have the Sandra Bullock movie Miss Congeniality I think it is right this which is Dubai. I hope that you have nothing negative to say about oh it's a fun movie yeah uh, oh thank god I thought I was going to hang up in this context it to me it is amazing that this movie is like really bringing some pretty strong ideas that we don't even get to until like 2021 the kind of ahead of the curve and is the the movie that launched Vin Diesel's career as a main star right Right, so what are the odds I really responded to the to the female characters like you said for sure I thought the whole passing thing was very interesting it's also quite interesting like how would people respond to that Mm. to today like Mm. what's the experience of that today because there's this idea of like the biology of the the body sort of uh defining gender or like surprising gender or whatever you know I thought that was really Mm. interesting just as like a comparison point Um, not even just surprising gender but even the way because I thought about this too like how would this play out now um Mm -hmm. but to me it's it's not just like surprise I was I'm a girl I'm a girl I've been a girl the whole time the whole time and you didn't even know it's like (laughs) there's clearly a preference there too because the character is fully embodying sort of a masculine presence right Um, and it's this moment the body betrays you yeah so it's not just like a surprise it's like I am betrayed and I can't control that aspect of my body so I think it would actually I don't know it's a good question but to me I feel like it would probably resonate well in that sense of being betrayed by your body what do you think so this is uh, maybe a little bit of a of a of a deviation, but I'm very curious what you think about in these kind of films where you where you have a cast of characters that all die essentially, mm. where you mm. you only leave with three, right? You only have three mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of all of this. Do you think that there's a message that's being suggested by who survives and who doesn't? So you know, one of the reasons that I picked this film is the redemption narrative of Riddick right he's this terrible killer and then yeah Yeah. then he right right he sort of redeems himself and I've never seen any of the other films in the Riddick Chronicles and I don't think I would like there's like three or there's like three or four right yeah Yeah. and then I I read the synopsis of them because I realized oh I, I never I liked this one so much why didn't I watch the other ones I think I would hate them because they're super plot intensive like it all becomes about Riddick and his adventures and like character building for her him and I'm like I don't want that I no <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would hate Give me some light. yeah I don't care about all this plot you're gonna throw at me because it's still gonna have the same budget it's still you know and it's still gonna be schlocky one-liners there were a lot of those especially in the last 20 minutes but you're right something that bothered me is I'm very used to people being picked off in like a like a horror kind of kill count you know mm-hmm. then you get the final survivor oftentimes there's like moralizing aspects to that especially in like the slasher films of the 80s and 90s and I felt that it was here too and that was kind of disappointing because I one of the questions I was going to ask you just for fun I was like is there anybody that you would have swapped out that you wish you had survived you know but I even thought about that question I was like well, the film sort of sets it up that like they do something bad and then they deserve to die, right? It was right, like, right, right. Except for maybe Shaz or whatever. I don't think she did anything. Yeah, I don't think but, she did anything. I was confused. So all the other by... characters. Yeah. You're meant to not really I, care that they die, right? In her death, it was almost like, well, she didn't lay down on the ground long enough. And that's why the aliens got her. So, like, <laughs> she even, was impatient. Her, 
<laughs> yes. I think that's like deadly sin number eight. They just didn't have enough room on like the scroll. They're like, oh, impatience. Ah, forget about it. Wait. Kill her. Can't find another piece of paper. Oh no, that's my deadly sin. Mia culpa. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I, I felt that too. And I felt like the only way that you can survive till the end is if you maintain your Buddha status or something. I don't know. Yeah, where you, you have a major turn. Although Carolyn obviously was not chosen to survive. I was very surprised by that. It was very surprising. Ain't all of us gonna make it. Just realized that. Six of us left. We could make it through the cane, lose just one, that'd be quite a feat, huh? Not if I'm the one. Well, what if you won a five? I'm listening. saw a film which was probably in 2001 maybe mm-hmm. um and i think it's called the cube it's like just a cube. movie just cube, cube. not the uh, no the uh, movie. Yeah. cube it's called cube and my roommate at the time made me watch it mm-hmm. and i don't know if i ever to this day have forgiven, forgiven. Him for that not for anything other than i feel like why did this even get made it was a little offensive that I think in that movie, the the, the mm. guy with Down syndrome is the only one that survived. Yes, that's guy, right. Yeah, that's he's, right. He's the only one that walks out of, and I yeah. and I that made me really angry as like a vehicle for. I don't it's know, not I the most attuned attuned to ableism back in two thousand one, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And I think that that when I watch movies like this where you've got a cast of characters that all die, that's like I have like PTSD from Cube. Oh no, like, Cube! Set yeah. right back there. Yeah, I just watched so much horror that, it, yeah, I mean, maybe this is my extra textuality that I'm bringing to this film that you have, you know, it's like I have these, maybe, yeah. these patterns. I'm like, yes, of course, I don't, I, I do not care. I'm used to this pattern. Let's go. <laughs> Shorthand. But I don't, the thing that doesn't make sense that I really struggle with, it's like supposed to be scary because everybody I think people die and you don't know who's going to die next. But if you don't care about any of the people it's not scary. Oh, it's, I'm not scared by this film at all. <laughs> no, but I mean, like in like as a as like a, a not like a trope, but like as a similar yeah. thing that happens in these films. For yeah. me, I'm like, but I don't care. Like, it doesn't <laughs> care about any of these people. No, so. is this over yet? Well, I will tell you that you know, at 100 110 minutes, it's over before. <laughs> it's a lot better than a two and a half hour film. <laughs> That is very true. I don't know. Even when I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, this is solid. This stands up. Yeah. So I mean, not not as much as it when I I think I saw this in the theater, I'm pretty sure. Here's an example of of where my tolerance <laughs> will yeah. help me to appreciate it's something. Fascinating. When you think about these films that usually have like gimmick. And so the gimmick here is like, we're gonna have this eclipse. And it just mm-hmm. so happens that mm-hmm. one of these people can see in the dark. Yes, yes, it's very. Convenient. I feel like that's. I think it's very convenient. I think that's yeah. also some like a like common sort of trope, right? Yeah, yeah. But you're also okay with that, I guess. Is what I'm judging I from mean, your response. How is this any different from like every superhero? Movie? 
like Tony Stark just happens to know how to actually make the missiles that he's selling and he just happens to be in Afghanistan in a cave where he just happens to be the doctor who's looking after him can put a magnet in his heart and he just happens you know like it's all it's the same that's true yeah it's true logic's the same so like none of those aspects of like Iron Man bother me the way that movies, these kinds of movies are put together where it's just like so convenient, somebody's special, so, you know, like, and, and everything yeah. falls right. Yeah, sure, fine, whatever. <laughs> like, they're all the same. It's, a, it's, like a, it's like a type of suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Where you just go along with the, the coincidentiality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's very tight, right? Like, you know, she happens to find the the model of the solar system so she like figures it out and there happens to be like numbers at the bottom that tell you every 22 years and then she happens to find yeah. the thing like it only it's like so economical it's like yes 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 we put this together and that makes total sense see again it's like iron man where it's like i don't believe any of this tesseract uh, but it's all put together in a way that i'm like sure yeah okay yeah all right i see the logic there fine yeah, I do have to say that I enjoyed I, I enjoyed the experience of Iron Man more after talking to you about it. Uh, you definitely changed my my opinion uh, of it. But I think you were right. You pointed out that in that film, the the efficiency mm-hmm. and the economy of that film mm-hmm. were really is very tight. Mm-hmm. And I think when I watched this movie, I didn't have that same <laughs> sense of like efficiency. Tightness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even though I it is. Found, yeah I mean everything everything leads you know the thing that you need to understand in the next scene I mean they they traverse that space so many times that you learn it right so yeah you know it's ridiculous that John's right the bounty hunter is is like okay let's wait till the exact last minute before we you know end up in darkness but you know he can see in the dark so that actually doesn't help you at all it only helps him but then he's high as a kite, right? He's injected stuff into his eyes, so he can't, you know. His eyeballs. There's not a lot of fat logic decision yeah. making happening there. Yeah. But but the film is clever and that that sets them up to traverse the space a couple of times so that mm-hmm. when it mm-hmm. is pitch black for the viewers, you already know the space. That's true. Right? And so when they get mm. to the the valley you know, it's not surprising that it's hard to navigate because you saw in the truck when they went through the bones and they collapsed everything, right? So it's a clever way of setting up the the space for the audience where they know exactly where they are and what they have to do because you've seen it three times already, right? Right, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Once again, we're in this situation (laughs) where like, I have like such a strong response yeah, to yeah. the film. And I'm like, this is garbage. And then yeah. I talk to you and I'm like, oh, okay. I, yeah, see. I, I see. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I also understood why this was the film that launched Vin Diesel's career. Oh, he's actually very good at it. Yes. Yeah, he's very good. Phys- his presence physically, he's extremely handsome. His mm. voice is wonderful to listen to. Solid, yeah. Even oh. from the beginning monologue, which again is like, who is he talking to? But right. I, that, in that cage with a bit sure. in his mouth, you know, sure. But that voice that comes through is like, oh, you are going to be a star. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And then I and I felt like 
the camera really loves him. Yes. And he played to it very well. He plays to the camera very, very well. And there's like a there's like a a confidence through that whole performance. That's the thing where I was like, oh, I I understand. And I mean, I've always, you know, appreciated him. But thinking about this being like the thing that really sort of skyrocketed him to popularity, it made a lot of sense. And so there's something to appreciate. It's interesting to think about, I think, a film which has, obviously the person that wrote this film or directed this film, that's not the intention, right? Like it's not, let's make a film to make Vin Diesel famous. Right, right, right. It's it's a vehicle for their story, for the story that they want to tell. Or their and it's, idea rather than their story, yes. Or their idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. No, that's totally true. That's right. But then to have like all of this sort of like unexpected secondary impact of the of like what it can do for an actor is it's interesting. To, it's just interesting for me to think about because I don't necessarily know if I've ever thought about it from that perspective before. I, and I think I think you're right because I don't think that Tui is a good director, and there's a reason why this didn't launch an amazing career outside of the Riddick universe. He's made a couple right. of things, but. You know, and he also, I think he wrote the screenplay for Waterworld. So that really tells you, right, that like writing is not his strong oh, wow. suit, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> like, this, this movie is not like resting on the shoulders of maybe a creative genius, right, although he did give us, yeah. I do think that Carolyn's character is probably the most interesting and the most compelling on paper, mm-hmm. but the acting is not great. And I, I can't tell, it's hard for me to know if that's a, the actor's job, like did the actor fall short or was it the director in poor direction? And in this case, it might be both, I don't know. You know, you, you can definitely tell that he lucked out with Vin Diesel, right? Like yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm yeah. not, I'm a B-movie director and then Vin Diesel shows up and it's like, oh. And I think that's where the camera is just like, oh. <laughs> it's distracted yeah. by this gem that landed in front of him. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that scene where he's he's sort of harassing Carolyn, and I I don't like it because it's an icky sort of played out scene where I'm like lurking behind you, but the way that he's like sort of snaky and sinewy and like I mean it's it's arresting, right? His his yeah. presence and so absolutely I completely agree. Yeah. So since you brought her up, what did you think about her death? I think I like it. There's a lot that's stuck here for me, like, you know, science of the lambs, aliens, like I've seen all this stuff before, but at the end, that actually surprised me. And I was also expecting there to be like a lame, like, oh, there's an alien on the ship that you now have to deal with epilogue kind of thing. And and then the alien kills everyone but Vin Diesel and then he's alone. And that didn't happen either. So it was sort of like at the, at the end, even though it's the worst part of the movie, those last 20 minutes. Yeah. I kind of like the surprise factor of that. Do you think like we talked about sort of like the the moral moralization or like the moral quality of yeah. when and why characters yeah. die? Do you think that there was something about her? What, don't don't you there? think? <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. I yes. can't tell. Oh yeah, she redeems herself, right? Because she's like, no, I'm. I would die for them this time, right? Rather than the the self preservation. So in the moralization of this universe, whether or not we agree with that morality play she now has redeemed herself right by sacrificing herself and her dying for Vin Diesel is what redeems him 
right? Because he's down, somebody uh, has done something for him, perhaps for the first time. And so when oh. he like has this terrible, has this terrible line where he's like, part of me died back there on that planet. It's the, like the bad part of him died, right? And now he's redeemed. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so her death serves that narrative purpose. So that, that redeemed, I just have to laugh because you were like, I wanted to choose a redemption story and I, I didn't. You couldn't find I it. understand. Well, there it is. It was probably, it was like just probably too obvious for you. You were searching too hard. I'm glad that I asked you about it then. I wrote it down because I was like, what was the point of killing her? Is literally yeah. my question. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it served this purpose. Right? Strong survival instinct. I admire that. I promised him that we would go back with more light. Did you? Hmm. What are you afraid? Ha ha ha! Me afraid? Come on, Riddick. There's got to be some part of you that wants to rejoin the human race. Truthfully, I wouldn't know how. Well, then just give me more life for them. I'll go back by myself. Okay. There you go. Please just come. Yeah, listen to those one liners. I mean, the one liners at the end of the film are so bad. They're um, horrible. But there, there's some pretty good lines at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. My favorite <laughs> is. Some- um, Doctors have to do triage to decide who 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 lives and dies. It's called triage. And then Riddick's like, funny, it's called murder when I do it. <laughs> that was very good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. The beginning too, like, and maybe it wasn't so much one-liners, but there were definitely like the opening scene was also very, those lines were very compelling. Even, they're not one-liners, but I felt like there was, I should really enjoy that too. Or like, I thought you were Riddick because he kills the guy. He's like, I thought it was Riddick. And then there's like that Zoom and Riddick sitting in the chair. Like sitting in the, in the chair. Smoking the like, cigar. Like drinking alcohol. That's good. Yeah. It was like a there's little a Marvel moment. Yeah. It, I felt that too. Like this is very Marvel. It's pre-Marvel. Do you know, I learned this just recently, um, earlier this week, totally unrelated. I think it was thanks to NPR. <laughs> that Vin Diesel got his start in New York City and he and his friends like when they were kids, were trying to break into this theater to vandalize it. Do you know this story? I do know this story, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, and the, the theater director, instead of calling the cops, was like, all right, you kids, I'm gonna straighten you out. You gotta agree to be in some some of my plays. And it worked. Yeah. <laughs> the power Turned of into theater. <laughs> the power of theater, well, also the, the power arts. of like, and the power of like restorative as opposed to punitive justice. <clears throat> I think we talked about, maybe it was, not when we were recording, but we talked about the Fast and the Furious. Uh, Vin Diesel just walked Paul Walker's, who's the the, the actor that died, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. walked his daughter. She got married and, and Vin Diesel walked her down, down the aisle. So there's oh. like this other, the whole thing about Fast and the Furious is like this family thing. Right, right. Um, yeah. And this idea of family. And so it's interesting to think about Vin Diesel someone as a human being, I know absolutely nothing about. And, but there's so much mythology and narrative around who he's supposed to be mm-hmm. based on the characters that, that he plays. 
Yeah. So I think he's a very interesting sort of presence in that, yeah. from that lens. I, you know, I, I'm, I've heard that the, the Fast and Furious series is, is filled with so much heart um, and that, you know, it's, it's strong emotional relationships between these characters. And I'm almost tempted to watch them, except, so one of the, one of my goals in watching, rewatching this film is like, why do I like this film, this action mm-hmm. film, but I don't like these other action films? Like what's at the mm-hmm, heart mm-hmm. of it? And I still don't know, you know, and perhaps when I go back and listen to myself talk about it, I'll, I'll get some sort of subconscious things rising to the surface. <laughs> but one of the things that I wrote down when I was watching it is there aren't any chase scenes in this film. I mean, they're moving <laughs> right across yeah, yeah. space and they're surrounded, but that's not really a chase scene. Yeah, and they then, have to hurry, but they don't have to run from something specifically. That's, yeah, they're not, nothing's yeah. following them because they're surrounded constantly. And I was like, oh, there's no, there aren't any chase scenes. And that sort of was a, a light to me because I don't like chase scenes. Like every time there's an action chase scene, I just tune out, you know? So that's like half of a Bond movie for me. I'm just like, <laughs> just totally tuned out. Does it yeah. have to be in a, in a vehicle or is it like a running chase? So I started to do this. I started to do this. I was like, okay, what are some chase scenes that I actually like? What are my favorite chase scenes? And I started to write them down as I was brainstorming. Very few car chase scenes. Like, I, like I'll give you the French Connection and the Blues Brothers. Sure. But other than that, and that one actually involves a train. So, <laughs> um, but other than that, like everything that I wrote down was actually a foot chase. Casino Royale, the beginning of that James Bond movie, where it's like the yeah. first time you're seeing parkour, for example, right? Yeah. Like I like yeah, that, that one. I like the chase scene in Royal Tenenbaums at the end of it. It's again, it's a foot chase. I like, I like wrote them down here. What did I say? Uh, Insomnia, the Christopher Nolan version of that. It's a, it's again, it's a chase on foot. So yeah, I just don't, I don't like vehicle chase scenes. They bore me, <laughs> but I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of that in the MCU. <laughs> I don't really like chasing either. I don't really Mm-mm. like car. No, car. not a car person. Yeah. No, me either. I like fighting in cars. Like there's that scene in the Matrix. They're like fighting in the car in this enclosed space. And Trinity is like fighting with somebody that has a knife and she's like using the seatbelt. Uh, and there's uh, something about that like closed, that like super enclosed area, very fast sort of like fighting that I really, really respond to. But cars, this is so, it was yeah. like that in that, what was it in that movie that everybody thought was confusing and I didn't think it was confusing at all. Tenant, that's a gigantic a chase scene at the end. Yeah. I fell asleep during that part. So I, so I think I found like one, one piece of the puzzle for me. Yeah, like, of why you, yeah. Yeah, because obviously like I can tolerate some garbage. Clearly. <laughs> As we saw this movie this way. We saw this way. Oh, I'm so sorry to do this to you. What do you think about not being able to ever really see the alien? That was so annoying to me the whole time. Oh, really? You really wanted to get like that? Well, you get those close-ups of like their, their heads. You see, they've got like those hammerhead shark kind the of The hammerhead heads. shark things. And yeah. there was a scene where you got to see their hands, which was like... But you never get like a full kind of... And from, yeah. and I and I mean, I guess that fits in with the theme of like, like it's pitch dark and you don't really know. But like, if I think about aliens, like the film, the aliens, yeah, the design and the oh, visuals yeah. of the alien is so terrifying. Well, yeah, they had a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, but not only that. I mean, I think 
you know, they invested in like a real suit, right? And they invested in the machinery of putting that together. Um, and I think what might maybe a clever choice here was that they have so little money that if the CGI is not going to look great, you know, you might as well put it in the dark. <laughs> so we can sort of disguise. <laughs> Obscure it. I mean, yeah. 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 And they were like, this isn't going to hold up in five years. We get it. <laughs> if we slow yeah, the, just... like the flying aliens. No, I, I was like, are they starfish? I have no idea what they are. And they, uh... <laughs> they were probably like, if we play this any slower, these people will realize that we are recycling starfish it's just yep. colored starfish it's that we're throwing starfish. Through the air. Starfish. <laughs> well thank you for putting up with this um this exploration with me i learned a lot about myself wow at your expense at my expense i feel like yes. that happens a lot in our relationship though mm, sidebar <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to abdora poor i think we've sort of exhausted our our Okay. That was that's the other thing is like at the after I took my notes, I was like, oh, how am I gonna have a conversation about this? Because there's just not that much there. There's not but, much that happened. Yeah. Unless you really want to talk about lighting. Um, and then yeah, I could talk about that for really enough. But but we don't I have. do actually, actually, if you wouldn't mind, I was uh struck most by the blue, like the blue sun and then the blue yeah. lighting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you have a thing. Yeah, so <laughs> the the color segments of the movie to me match on to sort of the acts that are happening um and mm. also like the sort of emotional if you could say that you know the emotionality of the film or what they're trying to go for so during those yellow is kind of like the the accident the high tension like extreme danger confusion blue mm -hmm. is like oh we're in exploration mode now right like the blue light which is often like calming and soothing it is that part of the film where there isn't any immediate danger right okay we've all survived we're trying to look for riddick there's some danger there but the audience can see riddick so it's not quite that tense right and yeah. they're in like exploration mode and they're looking for water so there's like a kind of tie in there and we're looking for water it's with blue. the blue sure. yeah and then you get this like red from the the ringed planet that's rising then you have pitch black which is of course associated with Vin Diesel but there's green that happens there and the green is like the the part of the movie where we're gonna betray each other and backstab each other right um and so there's like that color coding and then we have we're back to the blue light the blue is safe at the end so there's like these segments of the film that are divided up by the color that I think you know if you had to like do a sentence diagram right <laughs> you, you could sort of map them on to the kind of emotions that the film's trying to make you you have um sure, 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 sure. you know and some people have also thought about it as like who's who's the character that's highlighted in this moment so like during blue it's carolyn she, this is her sequence um mm -hmm. and then the green is associated with john's and his his unraveling of this character and of course pitch black is always associated with and and that's who we end up at the end so i think there are certainly um ideas and mapping them on to the color which is a very interesting way to, to go around i think segmenting your film yeah. whether or not that's effective for an audience is a different thing but there was definitely a concept there that they wanted sure. to explore and i <clears throat> there was something quite interesting about um the this idea of like well this planet has three suns so it's never going to get dark there are no windows yeah. in here because it's never going to yeah. get dark yeah and then sort of the betrayal of that as well like oops yes it will 
which was clearly the problem of the the settlers as well. They they clearly had the same misunderstanding. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I see your I see your point. Like, if we were in like logic land now, we'd be like, why don't we study the planet before we decide to send people to go live there, right? And study the fact that like the way that it works, or you know, in orbit. But this is more in the vein of like old exploration of like the unknown where you get on a ship and you're like, maybe the earth's flat. I don't know. Like, so it's, it's sure. more on that vein of, I think, exploration. Yeah. Unwise as it turns out. Clear, clearly very unwise for them. Bones at the bottom of a, of a tunnel hole. I did like that reveal too. Like let's go to trees, trees have water. And then you get there and it's a, a skeleton. I mean, that's Bones. also that good. was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. There's a lot of cool ideas in this movie. While I was re- slightly redeemed on Iron Man, I don't think that's going to happen with this film, but I appreciate I'm that. I'm okay effort. with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Let me tell you about my abhor. Mm-hmm. First, I wrote the whole film. Yeah, so you had a Captain Marvel moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I did. But it, going back, I think I would choose the scene where John's is, is injecting drugs into his eyes. Because I just don't feel it's necessary to force me to watch that. Sort of clockwork, clockwork orange moment. Yeah, there's a lot of eye shots in this movie, which I think was another maybe idea that they had that just idea. didn't idea that just didn't mm-hmm. come through. But there's a lot of close-ups of eyes. There are, yeah, Riddick's um, eyes, Caroline's eyes, John's even. Eyes. Even in the moment where they get water out of the, the pump, the drill, the way that that water sequence is initiated is you get this close-up on the oh, character. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, not Riddick, the, uh, the the religious, um, we know they don't have names. Uh, <laughs> you get a close-up on on their eyes and it's like upside down because like they're, they're upside down and then it focuses out to the drip of water. So there's the a clearly but thought I mean, about like, a motif. Look- yeah, yeah. I see while well, you can still see because eventually you'll see nothing. Kind of. And I sort of wonder, like, was this actually the cinematographer's idea? Like, my job is looking at things, so I'm going to go with it. This is my one chance. Yeah. <laughs> I did Mad Max, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I get this. So, yeah, you hated that shot. Yeah, it was pretty unpleasant. I'm also realizing now that, like, during an eclipse, it's not fully dark because you can see things happening in space so here's my abhor well my abhor is the last 20 minutes of the film i really feel like we go from some clever craft Mm -hmm. to like we just have to finish this movie and and like wrap it up so i hate all those one one one-liners that come out like yeah not for me not for me like you don't have to verbalize that we know what you're thinking she just said she just said yeah not for you yeah so the, the dialogue is really pretty bad. And but clearly also gets, just, he said it and I still didn't understand the redemption thing. So <laughs> it's, still, it's still good. <laughs> but you might have already tuned out though, at that point. You were like, oh. It was pretty tuned out, yeah. Yeah. So the, the last 20 minutes, but on this this note that you just said of it not being pitch black, like the, the, the universe, the world building clearly wants you to think that there's no light. And yet in the last 20 minutes, they betray themselves because there's lots of scenes where... Yeah they actually use lighting to highlight the the actors when they don't have a light source and that to me yeah. felt pretty 
schlocky. Like you, like you had this yeah. one idea and you did not follow through. You didn't follow through. The only idea. One on the high concept pitch and you, you dropped it. When yeah, they're in the so cave. My, yeah, when they're in the cave before you get the bioluminescence stuff. And even outside yeah. when Riddick's when Riddick's walking. Yeah, and he doesn't have a light source anymore. So that would be my Can I add one abhor. one abhor, which is Absolutely. That I felt like the power of the aliens was also very difficult to understand. There was like such inconsistency in what they were capable of doing or the or like their behaviors that mm-hmm. it just became really difficult to understand a sense of danger. At the the last in the last 20 minutes, the la- the last of the uh religious people, the the guy, he gets bit and then they're sort of the the guy that survives is carrying him. And then it's like in an instant an alien swoops out of the sky and grabs him and he's gone and it was just so confusing because i was like but if they could do that at any time oh it's because they can't see (laughs) i love how you have like this makes no sense i'm like no no no, it makes perfect (laughs) oh because he was bleeding that's where they that's how they knew where he was yeah yeah we should pay better attention (laughs) By this point of the film, I was like, "I know you were checked out." It's I totally don't understand. Fair. Okay, all right, erase that. Forget that. <laughs> Tell me you're a door. Tell me you're a door. I mean, I adore the visuals, so yeah. my my adore is going to be about visuals. I love that rising ringed planet to the eclipse. That is yeah. stunning, and the moment. Yeah a couple of things happen. There's that, which is like super stunning. It's the tense moment where they realize they are running everything on solar power. So it's also beautiful, but it's harrowing for them. Uh, And then at the same time, those like craters, those rock formations start bursting and the aliens start coming out of it. And so there's just like this intense extravaganza of, of visualization. I adored that moment. I also adored, there's a moment when they're, shortly after that, where they're leaving the crash site and they're trying to take all the power cells back and they have these, you know, emergency light up tubes, <laughs> light up tubes right? Glow sticks. Um, Glow sticks. It was a rave. They're, go- the, they're going to the 2000s. rave and the camera, it's like an overhead crane shot that, that swoops up and you can see that they have like this little ring of light <clears throat> and then you see all the aliens around them and it that they can't see but you can yeah. and it's like they're parting a sea as they go and I also thought that's very effective so anytime the film did that that visualization of like this is the danger you're in but you don't even know it I really I liked those nice. is there any moment that you liked in this movie there was Were you able to find but of one? course it's about it's about Vin Diesel there's a scene where you get uh, a sort of a side shot of him um, and he's lit from the side and uh-huh. he's just like glowering and um, you can he's like biting and uh-huh. you can see the muscle and the side oh of yeah face. it's like moving I love back that. and forth yeah it was a very I really en- enjoyed that because I felt like you got to see something very Vin Diesel which is like maybe like a gruff exterior but a mm-hmm. but a more complex, intelligent, sort of soft interior. Um, and I thought it was lit very well. And there was something, there was something about it. There was just very, it was very engaging. Like it was a very engaging scene to, to look at. Mm. So that might be my door. 
this is your this is the captain marvel totally reversed because you you're like, it is what do you like about this movie and i really reached the bottom of the barrel and i was like there are some dutch angles at the beginning that i really <laughs> liked do you have any questions silly questions i do um why would you be sent to a prison mulog what would you oh, for making done? for making you watch this movie <laughs> clearly the crime against humanity yeah 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 i mean i think they're at my door right now i've called them they're on their way um, if you had to view the world through just a single color filter, what color would it be? Rose. Rose. Rose-colored glasses. Rose-colored glasses. How delightful. A delightful color. A delightful color palette. Once you were in prison, um, being sent there for having me. <laughs> you really did call the intergalactic bounty hunter. After you, you've been sent to prison for for forcing me to watch this movie, how would you surgically alter your body to in increase your chances of surviving in prison? Oh boy. I've never ever thought about surgically altering my body ever, not even once. I need Vin Diesel's arms though. I think that would really help. So I would just graft his arms. Maybe not even take mine off, maybe like an extra set. Um, because not only are they big and really strong, but he could also like dislocate them at will and then put them back together again. I thought that was very handy. So yeah, I might, I might take, <laughs> take his arms. Okay, that's good. I like that. All right. You're an international smuggler. What is it that you smuggle that now everybody has to use as weapons? Because that's all they've got. Oh, fuck. I think in my movie. Uh-huh. I'm smuggling um, music boxes. Uh-huh. The kind with the ballerina <laughs> yeah. that spins around? The kind with the little ballerina that spins around. And we land on an alien planet. And the aliens are really sensitive. To sound. To sound. Yes. <laughs> we now have our high concept film. What if, what if there are some aliens that were super sensitive to sound? Actually, they made that movie. It's called A Quiet Place. There you go. Yeah. Or bird box. No, that's the opposite. That was vision, right? How did that never mind? That's a different conversation. It's like I yeah. can't look at them or they'll <laughs> see me or something. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's it. Is you know what that is? It's, it's uh it's a whole movie based around when you play hide and go seek with kids and, and they just yeah. put their face in the pillow, but yeah. you can see their whole bodies. It's just turned into a movie. Say you've really gotten the you've really grasped the idea of the high concept film. The high concept it. film. Yeah. <laughs> and Sandra Bullock showed up twice. All roads. All right. Next week we are watching. I can't All believe roads it. Lead. Sandra All roads Bullock. lead to Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I fully expect her to see her in next week's film, Iron Man Two. <laughs> <laughs>